You're listening to the Excelsior Podcast with Carly Beesman. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're recording. We're recording. Yeah, we're recording. <coughs> oh, no, it's I feel so far now. away from you now. I'm like, <laughs> hi over there. Well, I mean, we just came out of a pandemic, so you know, six yeah. feet at least is this. We should all be pretty comfortable at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Should I just start by saying my name? And Yeah. Hi, Carly. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, my name is Carly Beesman. Uh, I'm a Minnesota regular, I guess. I've been here my whole life and a working artist. I mean, again, kind of my whole life. Um, certainly my whole adult life. For Very what cool. for what that means and what it's worth, yeah, <laughs> it's been a it's been a journey, yeah, um, yeah. So what do you want to know? Tell me about you. Tell me about your art and your background. Um, I mean, it was definitely one of those things from early childhood on. My folks fostered the whole the whole artist thing, which is. Uh, you know, funny, because part of me almost is a little resentful. I'm like, you know, you could have thrown a few business and financial <laughs> skills in there, too. That would have been, that would have been nice. Um, they, so are they artists themselves? In their own, in their own way. So my, my mom, who would never necessarily call herself an artist, uh, certainly had a lot of painting and drawing skills and an eye for, for art and an appreciation for it, um, probably especially for film. Um, and... Now she's a, she had gone through the Master Gardener program. She's um, it's a beautiful uh, 80 acres of woods that her and my stepdad live on. And she Aww. does, they grow a lot of their own food. She has beautiful gardens. Oh. Like, so she has a different, she doesn't see herself as an artist, but anyone who steps into her, her space, yeah. interior, exterior, um, she's, yeah, I have always called her an artist. My dad, um, prior to being drafted, uh, into Vietnam was going in for automotive design and engineering. Um, so he has more of that draftsman. Uh, I mean, he just, uh, when he was younger, just incredible, even for like calligraphy and text mm -hmm. and typography and uh, also huge art lover and film appreciator and stuff. So that was, that was always a big part of my, my, my upbringing. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so going into art when I graduated from high school seemed like a, seemed like the direction to go in. Uh, yeah. I was kind of split a little, and later I ended up going in, um, when I finally did end up graduating, going back to the U University of Minnesota. For the art degree, I was also um, exploring an environmental policy degree as well, um, and that carried over from... Um, kind of my upbringing as well. I went to a magnet school, graduated from high school, uh, School of Environmental Studies in Egan. So oh, those yeah. have kind of always been my two sort of big influences. Um, I'm actually kind of feeling that a lot right now, that uh, if, I, if I spend too much time out of nature in a natural setting, I, I start getting a little unraveled. And yeah. I think uh, both... Um, being in nature, having a connection to the natural world, and being immersed in art are two sort of, uh, I don't know, they're, they're kind of my bedrock, my kind 
of foundation yeah. what drives me and like I said if I'm away from either of them or both of them especially for too long I start getting a little spun out so <laughs> I f- yeah I feel that nature is so important I think that everybody needs to be in nature more often because it make you crazy yeah I feel like um we we, we sort of throw ourselves out of whack. Uh, we're trying to do things in our day-to-day existence that I don't mm-hmm. think we were ever kind of biologically engineered for. Yeah. You know, from the moment our alarms go off in the morning, we're already throwing ourselves out of kind of a, oh, a natural gosh. rhythm. Um, yes. <laughs> and we feel the stress. I Everyone's kind of, yeah, we're, we're, we're ground down, you know, I think most of us on the day-to-day. Yeah. It's, we find ways to cope. I mean... Coffee has always been mine. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. Cigarettes have always been my fallback yeah. if I <laughs> get a little... I wish they weren't. Right. I can I can say thanks, Mom, for that one, too. She just always smoked these like long brown paper Nat Sherman cigarettes and she always kind of looked like a mob boss when she did it like I didn't I don't think she ever realized how cool she looked like you know just kind of sitting back on the front porch you know having some conversation about life and philosophy and I was like man my friends in high school they would look at her like that looks cool (laughs) I was like dang it she was never a heavy smoker but like that was kind of her her moment to step away and and relax but yeah we find we find ways to we find ways to cope, I think. And, I mean, I would say for me, art is, if we're talking about kind of natural rhythms and kind of what people I feel like are kind of geared to do, um, it's always been there, you know, mm-hmm. even before we had our structures, our modern structures, our, our civilizations, trying to get a nine-to-five under our belt, whatever it yeah. is, like, um, we've humans have always done art they've always found ways to uh represent and replicate and elaborate on their the the human story and i think yeah that's that's even people say oh i'm not a creative type or no i don't like i was saying even with my mom even if it's through gardening now everybody has something that motivates them that Mm -hmm. that moves them and yeah it's just kind of a part of being human yeah totally so i know i always say that I think everybody is an artist in their own way just even like if someone's working in an office and they find a rhythm to like do what they're doing it's kind of like an, a form of art too just in little ways so I don't know I think we're all creative at oh, some yeah. point you know there's an art to sports there's an art to um you know from the bartending world of, of craft <laughs> cocktailing there's yep. Yep. <laughs> an art to co- to cooking there's an art there's just there is this of, of being able to kind of, yeah, fashion, whatever it is that you're into. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just an, a collector or an appreciate, appreciator of, of these different forms, yeah. like that's still, you're involved in the, in the, in the story and the expression. I mean, yeah. you can be an artist that nobody sees. A, an artist does kind of need, uh, I think, to some degree, an audience. It's not that you mm-hmm. can't create without an audience, but... Right. Um, I'm not sure any of us really want to be that person that after death, then they find that. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And and that's the thing, too. It's like that I have to also, as like being an artist, like create, share, create, share. 
you know, but that's, it's sometimes it can be hard to do. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're like an introvert or like shy about what you make and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, and what kind of art do you do? So, uh, I mean, originally it was always drawing, then painting, then got more into design and illustration, uh, photography. What's it's starting to evolve more, and there's been some printmaking. So pretty and stuff much everything. That. Yeah, well, multimedia, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but also like in that, uh, like I, I loved theater, but I loved designing sets. So yeah. when I say like this is not necessarily everything, I don't want to be on stage. Sure. <laughs> like yeah. It's not. It's not a place I'm comfortable in front of. Uh, I'm fine sitting for a photograph most of the time yeah not necessarily a selfie with friends at the bar like then i i'm the person with that weird like am i smiling i I don't (laughs) does this look right (laughs) uh but so there's it but in that visual and and eventually it ended up kind of turning into like with some of the the theater tech then going into um some set building i love working collaboratively um on those those kind of projects um but with the change in technology, uh, digital work, um, design, and now more and more so, photography and videography have become a big part because the technology is m- more advanced and more affordable than it ever has been before. Mm-hmm. So when I first started school, it was, <clears throat> if you were going to be a photographer or get into to making you know, video and film, you really had to be committed because that was a huge enormous financial investment and so if you were just dabbling or trying to figure out what your Mm -hmm. you know what you wanted to do with it um it just wasn't really an option unless you knew somebody that you could borrow a lot of equipment from yeah uh nowadays it's you know a a couple grand can you can have almost everything under the sun really for crazy yeah yeah wow so that has become increasingly a really enjoyable medium for me it's um it's a lot of work but it's also there's something to be said for where in the past you know oil paintings were a big part of what I did those were you know uh, just insane amounts of hours before I was even actually getting the 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 idea the image behind like what I was trying to kind of bring out of the painting where with video it can be the same amount in editing and post, but I have that immediate, like, there's my image. It's right there from the moment I turn the camera on. And so yeah. I like I like the, the immediacy of it, that I, I have mm-hmm. something to show right off the bat from, from second one. It's been, it's been a really fun thing to get involved in. And like cool. I said, I probably would have been there earlier, but it was, it was a... It was a commitment I wasn't ready to take on financially and just, yeah, at that point, so. Yeah. Yeah. And now you kind of do photo and video in your studio, Mm -hmm. correct? So tell me about your studio. So uh, I work with a group of... um, of people out of North Minneapolis, we have a studio called uh, Nanotaco Studios. Which I love that name so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, V or... Mercy, as he sometimes go by, goes by, started uh, that studio um, a few years before I got on board with it. Uh, and at some point, like I said, it would be great to kind of bring everybody on and kind of talk yeah. more about the history of that. that I love that. I came in a few years already into it from mm-hmm. kind of the founding members. members. Um, 
And so, yeah, out of the studio, we've just continued to build. Um, we work with a lot of musicians, um, artists. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, music videos tend to kind of be a mainstay. When the pandemic hit, there was uh, that whole thing of well, what what do all of us do now? I mean, just in general, whether you're making videos or even just doing artwork, painting on a canvas, what, where are you going to show it? Right. <laughs> Who's going right. to see it? Because you can't do, like, galleries and stuff yeah. anymore. And then not just the feeling of, okay, well, what do we do as artists, but or as an individual artist, mm -hmm. let alone a, coll a collaboration, too. Even that feeling of, like, do we all germ pod together and still do projects? Is that even... Yeah. Yeah. It, it threw a lot of things into question. And uh, one of the things to come out of it for me, um, and then with the studio that I was working with and another studio was the, the whole thing of streaming not just being a thing for kind of individual podcasters or whatever, but now just like, well, everything needs to be streamed for this period of time because... Yeah we can't be around each other so we can only be around each other through a screen yeah um and it was another it was another skill to adopt it was another new way to kind of come together as a group and figure out you know a new medium mm -hmm. um and so now that's just kind of now as we're sort of moving into a new phase with all of this uh it's a it's another tool in the toolbox mm -hmm. that's that's been a lot of fun to to work with and explore um so yeah as far as what do i do for art i'm like I, again i don't want to say i do it all because i don't play a musical instrument i don't sing <laughs> <laughs> i hate being on stage i'm one of those personality types that i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily afraid of like speaking in public I, yeah i can kind of go into lecture mode to my own fault sometimes <laughs> where I don't even mean to or someone's like I asked for a little bit of advice not a lecture it's like, mm. <laughs> um but uh yeah as far as some of those other mediums that I have a lot of respect for and admiration yeah. for and I love working with I love working with musicians I love working with uh yeah. with theaters I don't I don't want to be the actor though yeah that's yeah somebody else's role somebody else's art that they can shine with so. Well, someone who is well-spoken and can keep talking. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, again, I don't, um, I, I do enjoy, like I said, um, I mean, and I also, even for my own thing, I, I listen to a lot of lectures online. I listen to, a, yeah. there, there's, there's also an artwork, or, you know, an art form kind of in, even that in mm -hmm. and of itself. Oh, so, yeah. That I have a lot of draw to. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to necessarily play a character on stage sure. or in you front of a camera. Kind of want to inform yeah. yourself, and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, very so. cool. Um, now, tell me, because you've been really busy at the studio. Yeah, we have. We've had a lot of projects that, again, this has been. I think for for studios and for. Uh, everywhere really you know as we've kind of opened up again um it's it's always that you know although i feel like isn't that always kind of a thing for life boom and bust so mm -hmm. you know during the pandemic you know during two years everyone galleries and studios like us like ours it's like what do we do do we do we continue is there any yeah. you know how long do you go but with nobody 
there and nobody who can you can be around um, before you just kind of say, okay, well, what what how long can we really do this for? Now everything's kind of opening up again, mm-hmm. but we're still in this weird straddling too. Mm-hmm. So we're opened up. I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> uh, but we're still we're not at this place where it's like, well, this has just turned into the f- like the flu, and we mm-hmm. all just when there is, you know, somebody gets sick, somebody tests positive for COVID, mm-hmm. it's it's thrown in a few wrenches. Where yeah. it's like, okay, we were all set to go because now we're in this sort of new normal and we're supposed to all be open up and moving on with these projects. And then somebody calls in the day of the shoot and says, I tested positive, a f- you know, family member somebody I live with did. And it's like, well, what does that all mean? Does everything get shut down? Does every. Right. It's a real tough conversation that I don't think the studio I work at alone is having. I think everybody's having that conversation right now. What Mm -hmm. is the responsible thing to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have, I I don't have (laughs) answers. We're just, we're going day by day as we can. Um, So it's been, it's been kind of that a lot of projects and it's also been a lot of, um, you know, really hard conversations and, Mm -hmm. and navigating, um, a terrain that none of us really know how to navigate right. yet. So, right. yeah, I feel like even the studio here, Taylor Sound, is kind of. I mean, had to deal with that too. Like, if somebody here gets, you know, tested positive, it's like, does the whole place get shut down, or like, mm-hmm. how many people does it take, or, you know? So I guess it is weird to. Do we all wait two out, weeks? Yeah. Do we wait ten days? Do we wait five days? It keeps Do we changing? I right? Just it, it <laughs> used to be like, I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> it is, and you know, we're not, we're not on unemployment mm-hmm. for it anymore. So what? Even I think, especially when it's um, individuals, individual artists, small groups, small businesses, um, you can't just financially realistically anymore just pull the plug on every right everything so yeah it's it's been a challenge we've had some some really awesome projects that have started flooding in uh we're probably you know it's funny after two years of being like well we can't do anything to maybe we can maybe do this project to suddenly saying yes to everything because yeah. oh we got projects again great great and now it's like oh no i think a lot of us are feeling everything is just kind of everything's sort of layered on top of each other and we're all trying to to juggle again which you know when we look back before the pandemic I feel like it's interesting because I'm like wasn't that one of the things we were trying to maybe get (laughs) maybe that was one of those things that wasn't always working for us either where in order to keep our head above water we were it's funny because for people who don't necessarily work in these fields like like we do i think mm-hmm. sometimes there can be this idea of like like it's this very laissez-faire kind of like oh you're doing these cool projects working with cool people and yeah. you get to choose your own schedule and i'm like i have not had a day off i've barely had a night of restful sleep without yeah. thinking about the moment i wake up and everything that's on yeah. my plate for that day oh my gosh so and that's crazy. And you, and so you work there, and then you also um, bartend. <laughs> yep, I've got the, uh, I'm doing that 
thing again that I think every artist kind of does where it's like <laughs> we all want to be <laughs> I know how that is <laughs> you know, we want to we want to completely have our, our you know craft and stuff support what we what we're doing mm -hmm. um, but there is that you know kind of back base where it's not I, I the the service industry is one of those that I think has always kind of been a a go-to for a lot of artists because mm -hmm. there is some flexibility there um, yeah. you are able if you need that that day off for that gig or that project or whatever yeah. to get people to, to cover your shifts it's mm -hmm. um, but it's a grind too mm -hmm. I mean I I've always loved I made the joke one time at one of my bartending jobs um, this was well before the pandemic we were in the prep area and we were doing it was me and two other other people, um, and I said, "So, what liberal arts degree did we all go to college yeah. for?" <laughs> and uh, they both stopped, and one of the guys said uh, philosophy major, and the other one said, "I think he was uh, like an English or literature." <laughs> and I said, "Fine art," and we're all like, "Yep, yeah, yep. yeah that, that adds up." That's so funny. So it's true. It is kind of true. I I have a lot of musician friends and. I always like the uh, the joke. How do you get the the uh, is it? No, I'm screwing up. How do you get the drummer off your doorstep? Hmm. Pay him for the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that's pretty funny, but no, it's 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 pretty accurate. I mean, <laughs> and then even friends of mine I know that have had successful times with their art. It oftentimes yeah. there still is this kind of you know, up and down. Um, one of my favorite stop mo motion um, animators, um, uh, Yang Spankmeyer, uh, been doing work for decades, mm -hmm. and maybe I shouldn't necessarily name drop or whatever, but I remember it was years ago, like, coming across, like, I was excited. I was like, oh, he's coming out with another film. Like, his work is just kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, he's from Czechoslovakia, and, uh, and I th it was almost like a, a GoFundMe t to get his film made. I was like, well, but he's infamous for all that. that he's getting <laughs> GoFundMe. Wow. And I, I, I don't yeah. have all the details of it, so I don't know. I, I shouldn't but necessarily can... drop the, the. But it was just like one of those things that maybe it is and maybe it isn't kind of telling of even no matter how much success you make as an artist and how yeah. film school students all over the world are studying your work or whatever you still yeah. might be. I remember listening to an interview with like Philip Glass talking about how even though even when he was like at a point of having a lot of successes, uh, he was still driving a cab to make extra cash or yeah. whatever in, yeah. in New York. And it's like, huh, well, what is it? Yeah, when it comes to, uh, you know, art and art and society, like, I mean, I, I think it's interesting to me because I feel like everybody, whether it's streaming on Netflix, whether it's, you know, going to concerts, people who even say they don't have any appreciation for the arts love the arts mm -hmm. and yet there never really has been at least in our lifetime and certainly our la the last few generations like that real support for actually legitimizing uh, this these professions even mm -hmm. though everybody craves it and absorbs it mm -hmm. and you know at the same time it's like we don't I think society at large doesn't really see it as like a, a valid or legitimate profession. Um, Which is, yeah, weird. It's so weird. 
Yeah. Like you're just doing it for fun yeah. all the time. It's like, well, it is rewarding in its own way. Yeah. But for sure. Otherwise, we wouldn't torture ourselves yeah, to why, do it. Yeah. <laughs> why is it, I mean, why is it the starving artist? You know, why does it have to be that way? Because artists, I feel like they put in a lot of work for what they do, whether it's anything painting or, you know, I always say that, like, just like paintings and photography and that kind of art like for your wall and stuff I feel like they should make laws where like you can't mass produce things Mm -hmm. in stores and you have to buy from like the artists that way the money gets pushed around and like in the right way you know but yeah it's uh I mean that I was thinking of that whole thing with Etsy recently too and um you know there was that whole week of protest of just don't buy anything on Etsy Mm because and I have a lot of friends that were able to use a platform like that and actually really kind of launch a small business art career through platforms like Etsy and then of course the bigger they got the more they kept taking from it's just it sucks it does because you kind of go yeah why are you taking from the little guys they're just it like what what they originally started out as was you know helping artists and people become successful but once they get greedy and it's just like you're making so much money I know it's like and it's the little guys collectively mm-hmm. that created that business for you Yeah. so you're benefiting and when it's a mutual benefit you know when you're giving them a platform to reach a larger audience mm-hmm. and they in turn collectively with all their sales give back so that this company thrives it only ever seems to go there's never and maybe that's just like people at large and just kind of the way we're wired or maybe it's capitalist society <laughs> whatever there's never just seems to be a, a place where we we reach a place of balance right the moment it starts getting successful it starts getting um you know undermined and and then it turns into a thing where i'm like well now you're just you're 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 robbing from the artists who have been and a lot of them you know uh we're talking years and years of being on platforms like that where they're just i'm like you you gained a lot from these artists and so um i remember there was a um you know there was all all these things going around about it and there was one artist it would um got posted so again I mean whether it's true or not but and I I can't necessarily say that's totally invalid from just friends of mine I know that have used platforms like Etsy and what they were talking about saying you know for a $60 sale I made $16 in the end by the time like and you just go this is not yeah that's crazy (laughs) this starts in order to to pay all the overhead as artists at some point you start being like this is so much overhead just I'm giving away my work for and and there's very few things that are ever produced crafted mm-hmm. constructed by an individual that I mean it just even the smallest things I mean you probably know even from just like editing the show mm-hmm. like how many hours go into just creating a final cut yeah. for a podcast how many hours go into just I mean uh, I'll, after this I'm going to end up shooting another music video it's going to be today the rest of the day and then a uh, little you know sometime tomorrow the shoot itself the hours that went in the prep just to put up you know to set up for the shoot but then the hours that go into just editing to create the vi- like this it's is a lot it's huge it is huge 
and people don't understand that sometimes too and it's just like it's so much work to do all these productions and stuff and yeah, yeah. and then to have others that are you know basically taking taking the high the, the the majority of the any sort of financial gain you could and i mean people go well you shouldn't do art for the money i'm like yeah you know that argument has some validity like it shouldn't be your driving force but at mm -hmm. a certain point we all we all got to eat and we all got rent to pay so right i think i think there's like a fine line between like doing art you know, in your own time as a hobby, but then once you're doing it for somebody, like, you know, you just, yeah, you're doing a job just like anybody else, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, so, yeah. Well, and at the same, you know, it's funny because I, I sometimes think that the way sometimes people put the arts down, like, God, just get a real job, like, you're complaining that you're working all the time and you're tired, yet, you know, what is it really producing? Um, sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of don't know it's kind of almost like a projection thing where it's like is this coming from a place that you really don't feel that the the arts are a, a valid you know endeavor enterprise whatever like this um or is it that you kind of uh, that's a judgment on my part like you maybe you're a little you've kind of lost your way like maybe you've given up too much so much of your own voice that now you're kind of upset when well, people, people choose to people, pursue theirs people are afraid to go outside of the box and being an artist you're kind of going outside the box you're kind of creating the box mm -hmm. you know that's the way i look at it like being creative you're kind of like i'm not going to do that job and being told what to do i'm going to more be creative or i mean we still do if someone's like i need this done but you have more creative i think um ability mm -hmm. and a lot of people are afraid of that they're afraid of not having stability not having this not doing that and i think a lot of people with that personality say that mm -hmm. <laughs> like just get a yeah just get a job because that's that's the easy way guaranteed money go get a job do the skill that someone else wants you to do stay in line go home feed feed yourself it's kind of that same argument of like well <clears throat> if you know I had to, or my parents or grandparents had to work, you know, a hundred hours a week until they were like in their, you know, practically in their grave and like that. I don't see why anyone else should be getting a handout. It's like, well, maybe that wasn't a great life. Maybe that mm -hmm. wasn't, not that it, you it's know, they're, bad, they're, but like, but at the same time, like maybe there were other, uh, wouldn't it be great if they didn't have to work a yeah. hundred hours a week? Yeah. Or, so or a hundred hours doing the things that they don't really yeah to, like grinding like. yeah and so it's that sort of like well if i don't get to have my own voice and creative expression i don't see why anybody else should right it's like well but maybe you should be able to mm -hmm. maybe more jobs should be you know more worker friendly maybe mm -hmm. you know that you feel like you actually you're not just like another little cog in the wheel or whatever but that you have a real yeah a real voice a real presence a real value yeah to what you do and i do sometimes wonder when people put the arts down if it's sometimes stemming from a place of like they don't feel like they have any personal value in their own oh, yeah. lives and jobs and career and so they have a maybe an underlying may, maybe they're not even aware of it resentment yeah. of people who do who kind of choose to mm -hmm. maybe sacrifice a, a steady paycheck for a voice yeah but there's also that thing where you know and i don't mean this in a negative way but maybe they don't have anything to voice 
you know, too. Like, maybe they're completely comfortable doing this and they have, you know, pride in their job. And just everyone has a different journey, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, different personality types and everything. But, yeah, I know there's a lot of people that don't understand, like... <laughs> Oh, you do this art thing or whatever, but and then there's other people who think it's you're so cool, but it's like, I don't know, is it cool? Cause you know, it's again you have, for me personally, it's like, well, I am my own boss, and that's dangerous because <laughs> it's like I have to like, you know, do more self discipline. I have to be more focused. Like if I, if I'm like if I go out and party and be hungover, like my business is hungover. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, so my work gets put on like the back burner and whatever. So I don't know. It's just like, it's, I mean, is it cool? I don't know. It's hard. (laughs) Well, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Cause it's, um, I do get that too. Where like, we were just saying the opposite. It's like, Oh wow. That's so amazing. You get like, um, you know, Artists are complicated. I'm complicated. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and working with a bunch of other artists sometimes. Uh, and they're all complicated in different ways. Uh-huh. And if you get them in one room, it gets real complicated. Oh, wow. <laughs> Often. I mean, sometimes it can all the synergies there. And, it can and be great. Be beautiful. Yeah. And, and half the time it's like it's kind of a looking back and saying, wow, that project was amazing and look look what it produced but then sometimes being realistic and someone saying actually do you remember all the fights and the arguments and then we thought that one person was just going to quit on the spot and then there was that meltdown and then it was like yeah sometimes with memories it's like well let's just <laughs> yeah not always but but yeah going through these these uh these um personalities i mean i i don't think artists ever um, I, I, one thing I think artists in general at large will never really be accused of is being boring, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for whatever that means. It can be for better or for worse. Um, it can be from, you know, uh, what an interesting, you know, perspective, creative vision, whatever mm-hmm. to, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> like, what what are you thinking oh, wow <laughs> i know how have you survived this long yeah. what? Like, what is it what does your brain look like <laughs> it's just um but if for yeah for for what it's what it's worth it is what i'm always drawn back into it's the people that i surround myself with um i think there's a real need in me to constantly be surrounded by different visions and different perspectives mm-hmm. when the thing I will say with art kind of like what I was mentioning earlier with nature where nature kind of gives us gets us back to sort of our, our just down to our biological even functions and and just how we're also connected with everything around us and that we're not um, yes we are individuals but we're also very much a part of all these systems that are around mm-hmm. us and, you know, like I was saying, sort of like with kind of living in this structure in this capitalist society and mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to make a, comp- you know, comparison between capitalism and socialism, saying like um, just that we're all these individuals who are trying to, it's like, eh, we need, we need water, we need air, we need, we, we need these basic things that we're, 
we're never really going to separate ourselves from. And, and nature is a nice reminder that we are also integrated with, with everything around us and the ecosystems that we live in. Um, where art from that, you know, where kind of human brains developed, well, the thing I always love about, um, you know, art and artists and these perspectives is it, it also, um, it just creates an infinity, a never-ending array of visions and thoughts. And I think especially in this time of where the internet and social media and everything sort of dominates, and even though there's millions of voices out there, uh, we all just kind of keep running into the same pitfalls, the same, you know, this this group against this group, this these ideas whatever the narratives that are being pushed, they're, they've been amplified to a, a level that I don't even think, you know, some of these, these early writers, oh, sorry, and critics of, uh, of, you know, advertising in the media and that kind of thing could have ever even imagined, mm -hmm. which what we have with the internet. The thing I love about art is it, there's still a way to pull away from that to still mm -hmm. kind of step outside of it and as much as art gets kind of pulled in and distributed through that that network um, the new ideas still come forward uh, whether that's just for yourself for the immediate group that you're working with and artists or, and other people around you or whether that expands to a little bit of a broader perspective when everyone gets mixed up in whatever the the new thing of the moment is like the thing I like about working in the studio is I realize that things like Johnny Depp and Amber Hertz <laughs> it's not that I don't care they're people mm -hmm. and I'm sorry they're suffering but at a certain point I'm like this is not my life no and to think like stuff like this obviously not on this scale but like like people have drama all the time in their life and deal with hard things and like just because they're famous, it's like I don't. I don't find it very interesting. It, it's fascinating that everyone does, and it's just like to me. To be honest, I feel like Johnny Depp is playing. Not to get into the the whole thing, but because I'm not deep into it, but I just feel like he's playing another character on this, you know, whole well, thing. And it's and like who cares? Yeah, and they're both. It's. I think it's fair to question. They're both actors. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that they didn't go through something genuine, mm -hmm. uh, but at a certain point, how much of celebrity culture do I... If I'm devoting too much of my time to it, it I'm getting caught in that frenzy, and it's not... Gen it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, how much do I really need... You know, is it whatever? Do I need to be involved in the discussions of, of you know... Chris Rock and Will Smith at the Oscars. Yeah. Mm, um, no. <laughs> these aren't people I will probably ever meet no, or have it any. matter. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was a friend of yours, I feel like that's something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so when other yeah. celebrities are talking about it, I'm like, that's important for you guys. I sometimes wish you could. I didn't have to hear so much about these discussions. Right. You know them, and you'll deal with it. Right. And, you know, and the. I don't know, maybe it's kind of flippant, but on the flip side, like with, uh, when that happened at the Oscars, I was like, I was like, wow, that's terrible. 
and the first interesting thing to happen at the Oscars <laughs> so long. And again, I don't, nobody needed to get slapped, so whatever, character assassinations mm-hmm. and everything that happened after that. Um, I just, and actually talking about celebrity culture, what's interesting is like, at the root of it, the people I just mentioned, they're all actors, mm-hmm. which is an art form. Yeah. And I want to appreciate... <clears throat> all of the people I just mentioned for what they do in with their art. Yeah. And to some degree, I have to maybe have some responsibility as far as what, who they are as people. Yeah. I, there are, that's always one of the, do you judge the art or the artist kind of thing. And I'm like, well, both, depending, case mm-hmm. by case. Um, you know, that's I... That's actually a really good question. I ask people a lot, like, especially musicians and stuff, but in other forms yeah I, I would love to hear. well yeah I, I think it's you know some of my favorite um, some of my favorite painters uh, you name it throughout history have led some really questionable sordid lives um, you know and, and at a certain point you go how do I how do I wrestle with that? Mm-hmm. And like they may have been like a really bad person, yeah, and or someone you would never have want to be around. But the art that they make is well, and even to say like uh, the, for me, there's there's this thing that I kind of run into, and I think that's uh, all of us can fall into it, and but some people have it more than to have two conflicting um, reality. Basically, realities exist in the same. Mm-hmm someone can be an amazing artist and actually have a lot of amazing qualities even about themselves and their own lives but also have some very deplorable ones as well sure. and all of that is the construct of that person mm-hmm. uh, or group or whatever it is and so but they they're they're in conflict with each other and so we want the good and the bad yeah. or the bad not both but it oftentimes can be both and and where I guess the, it's a sort of a where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line as an individual? Where do yeah. we draw the line as, you know, more society at large as far as those those artists are concerned? Um, yeah. I don't think it's... I don't think it's cut and dry. I'm not sure it's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I grew up watching Woody Allen films with my mom. Yeah. I love some of those films. Right. And... Hannah and her sisters was a big one for me um and how do I yeah how do I wrestle with the man versus the art and we were I was watching those films with my mom before any of this was really you know known about who he was and what he did or didn't you know I, I I don't I certainly don't want to hang out with him. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't feel that, uh, in general, he's made a lot of good decisions or necessarily been a good person to his mm-hmm. those who are immediately around him. Um, to turn around and say that those films were crap because I don't find him to be a great guy. Yeah. I don't also believe... I actually still think the films are good films. Yeah, um, it doesn't change anything with the film quality or what he's done in them I don't think but yeah you really it's weird it's weird to like especially just as like actors like it's weird to find out stuff about them mm-hmm. when they're really 
good and like really good films like when they do a good job and um but again i don't i actors specifically i don't think their personal life matters as much i mean i guess if they're harming someone whatever but i don't know i don't know it's weird like i i'm not I'm not trying to be friends with them. I'm not trying. I'm just appreciating what they're doing. And that goes back to that. It's like, these are people I'm, we're probably never going to meet, uh, or they'll be involved in our lives. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, you want to be a supporter of uh, victims just in general, like, you know, people who've been harmed, but also, you know, going back to just, like I said, working with, and you've mentioned, hinted, you know, talked about too, a little bit, like, artists and musicians, and I, you, you deal with a lot of really complicated personalities. Um, yeah. You know, you, you deal with a lot of men- mental illness. You mm-hmm. deal with, uh, there's a lot that is very prevalent in, um, probably just in general, but like, that we don't want to always admit to. I mean, there's a, I think there's probably a fair amount of, you know, personality disorders that exist in like the financial <laughs> sector, for instance. mainly on the narcissistic sociopathic side of things but like um but there's a lot of anxiety depression and bipolar and borderline and you 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 name it that exists that kind of ends up actually sort of i I remember when i was i think i was 19 years old i was at, at that art college and i asked one of my instructors i'm like does the depression lead to the art or does the art lead to the depression <laughs> like chicken and the egg like mm-hmm. what came first yeah, what like, man i've been asking myself that yeah. my whole life yeah <laughs> like um and so there is that we want to be supportive of people who have been harmed at the same time i think it also is important within certain limitations or whatever to say we do we ever really know another person can we really totally judge where somebody is coming from and mm-hmm. and where they're at um celebrity culture is so abstract mm-hmm. um again i wish we could just kind of appreciate them for being actors yeah and not um, have to get into that like personal life because i don't really unless i plan on hanging out with these people i don't really understand like the gossip the gossip but that People love to know what their personal life, what they are really like, and that's where people make money off of that stuff. Well, yeah. Paparazzis. And And when do they become spokespeople for larger issues? I mean, some of them have. Uh, Jane Fonda's gone out there and been an activist. Yeah. She's been, you know, she was out there for Line 3 and Standing Rock and been working with... And I'm like, that's cool. And that's something she's devoted decades of her life to. She has a platform for that. Um, You know, within however you want to view, you know, but she's also an actress and whatever. I mean, there's, but just the celebrity status in and of itself, do we just go, you get to be a a spokesperson for a bigger, that that automatically gains some legitimacy just because we see them all the time. Now they get to be... Unfortunately. It's like... Yeah. Like, people love that. And that's the hard part. Is like, why why is it in human nature to... I think it's it's all psychological. Like, you recognize that person. You want to know more. You want to relate. You want mm-hmm. somebody to look up to. And that's what these celebrities do. And it's in our human nature. But it's too bad that we can't just, like, find that in our communities. Or, mm-hmm. like, you know, people that are doing really awesome things. People have good morals. People who are, you know, being... But, you know, I mean... Some of them are great people, like, doing good things. And it's good to have role models, I guess. Oh, but, yeah. 
and I'm like again, I'm all for admiring people. I, I just wish we could admire people for what they do do. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, like totally. Um, if somebody is, uh, um, you know, working in environmental fields and you know organizing uh, grassroots movements and all, like yeah, these are you know. And but that's, that's kind of why I do this podcast because yeah. I want the people who aren't necessarily super famous or like super out there, just people who are actually doing amazing things, even if they're just motivational because mm-hmm. you know their stories could inspire somebody else who's working in nine to five, hates their job, and be like, oh, I don't have to be stuck or I don't know, you know, anything. Anyone's has their own journey and. We should be inspiring each other in like little ways, you know. Yeah, and and even when you get to some of these people who are, you know, kind of center stage on more like global movements and that kind of. Th- I guess, I I just think it's it's interesting how we. I, I met this activist uh, who had, was delivering a lecture at the U of M years ago named Vandana Shiva, and she's uh, worked. Uh, tires, tirelessly with farmers, mainly farmers in India, uh, starting World Seed Banks, um, has helped organize massive movements in those areas as far as getting Nestle kicked out, or not, uh, the uh, Coke, it was, they were, Coca-Cola, they were doing, um, Dasani was coming in and basically taking everybody's, you know, water, people were um, pushing back on mining operations, like big, big stuff, big global, yeah. global issues. Um, and I'm like, I wish we had media platforms that would promote, uh, if you're looking towards like an environmental movement, somebody, maybe she has more to say on some of these issues than Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you know, not saying he doesn't have a platform say, yeah. or a say, it's just where we place... Why are we giving so much responsibility to these actors who are just, you know, we should have a genuine people who are involved yeah. instead of somebody who has to read a script or maybe they are really interested but I don't think that their life journey is that because their life journey is to be an actor and mm-hmm. I think that now you know but whatever yeah yeah and like I said some of them can branch out um, I mentioned Jane, Jane Fonda mm-hmm. uh, there's a number of actors that have spent a, you know a long time really throwing themselves into you know, big movements and putting mm-hmm. in the time. By yeah. all means, you put in the time, you put in the work, you get you should get recognition for it. Yeah. Um, but just because there's already millions of people that are eyes are focused on you and all you got to do is get up in front and give a speech, I kind of yeah. go, did you put in the time? Did you really right. put... And how, how does mm-hmm. your lifestyle to some degree always reflect? I, I think some of the thing, issue I have with celebrity culture too sometimes is like walk in the talk kind of thing mm. where I kind of go um, I know a lot of you are really talking about environmental issues and climate change uh, how you own too much real estate <laughs> for me to really feel like this is you're, you're asking everybody to change and at the same time, what are I don't, you doing? Yeah, I don't. Are you willing to make those same changes in your own life? Right, I right. some of it starts falling a little flat and yeah. feeling a little disingenuous, and I don't feel like 
I need to judge them for like, why aren't you a perfect human that's doing everything I need you to do? I'm just saying, right. if you're gonna get out there, in, in for and that goes for all of us. If you're gonna get out there and give a big speech, mm-hmm. you know, moral lecture, uh, you know, you have a position. There's there's maybe even judgment there. There's like you, you might want to have a little bit of a lifestyle to back it up, right? <laughs> Within some parameters. None of yeah. us are perfect, but at a certain point, it starts getting a little, or, yeah. little ridiculous. And even even just being like. Like, okay, so now you're famous and you have a platform to speak your mind and people will listen. Maybe use that to reach out to expose those people mm-hmm. who actually may have a better idea of what's going on and devoting their life to making those changes mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But it's so famous, so interesting (laughs) it is it's just like you have all this power and responsibility and it's it's crazy also when it comes to like celebrity culture it's like a lot of people want to emulate you so the more you do in your own life and encourage your peers around you to change and to you know facilitate and orchestrate whatever the more the larger populace is going to maybe maybe want to emulate some of that and so um and i don't know i don't know all the ins and outs of of that and whether or not the you know whatever the pressures and contracts and other stuff that Mm -hmm. be that says um you can say this you can't say that you can do this you can't do that yeah and then all of a sudden everything that you do is kind of like micromanaged you're just like like you have to have a manager telling you what you can even yeah say or do or wear or something. You know, it's crazy. That's kind of crazy too. Or ever, you can't go out without being noticed or got attention. I don't. That's a lot. I remember, you know, it was just like a maybe it was like People or something, and they were calling out celebrities who have worn the same outfit twice. Oh gosh! And I went, Are you saying? Every single day you have to wear some... Like, so you have wild. to have a new 365 outfits oh my <laughs> every gosh. single year? No. What? No, no, no. No, what a colossal waste. Yeah. You, you can't have your favorite pair of jeans. And then or... they stand up and talk about the environment. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, and instead of being like, well, maybe collectively you could... Especially because it seems like a lot of them are unhappy with a lot of these pressures. It's yeah. like, we'll do something to organize and change. Yeah. Rather than telling all the rest of us that we need to be doing da 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 to join in the... Too, yeah. Look at your own community. Look mm-hmm. at the coast of Florida and California. Th- those ecosystems alone you could change just with, with your real estate properties. Right? <laughs> like, you know, it's... Uh, wow. It's... Yeah. If, if you don't if you're if you're tired of some of this these pressures in this culture then be the change yeah be the change you want to see in the world yeah. start maybe with start small smart mm-hmm. with start smart with start with what you got and they have <laughs> they have quite a bit yeah yeah <laughs> i could i could see and cuz i think thinking outside of the box i think two celebrities get into the mix of this is what i have to do this is comfortable it's by the house let's do the thing let's be the spokesperson but like if there was a really creative person who became famous, rich and famous, and had that platform, like, you could, there's so many things that you could kind of do with that. And I think some of them do. And I think of, um, 
oh, it's, I'm tired. <laughs> I can't think of his name, but there is who who's the guy that owns the um, the Saints? Oh, uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I feel like he does that with his fame. Like, there's so many Bill Murray sightings where he'll just dress as like a normal person and go to parties and make like people feel good and stuff. And like that's kind of cool. Like I love that stuff. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> when uh, I was out at Standing Rock, um, there were things that had been. Mainly uh, a number of things that were donated and involved with, uh, from Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. was another one, too, where I'm like, I don't, and I didn't hear any sort of call out. He didn't seem to need any, like, recognize me for these good things that I'm doing. It's like, no, that's cool. And I'm sure it happens in a, in a million different ways. I mean, all mm-hmm. the things that came out after Prince died, for instance, of all the, the things that he had donated to and helped support. Yeah, and he was so to, great. Yeah, it's just... But it was never publicized. He didn't need recognition for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because actually I'm almost maybe saying the opposite, like where I'm like, I wish, not as a self-congratulatory thing, but I wish people who did have the resources were trying to say, hey, we need to do more to make make things maybe more fair and equitable like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not just philanthropy, not just saying I'm wealthy and look at the great things that I've done that I've thrown my money at, but actually saying, um, it's kind of like Warren Buffett saying, yeah, I think the rich should be taxed higher. I'm like, well, why don't you hire the lawyers to make that happen? Yeah. Cause right. you actually have the resources to do that. You could yeah. hire the legal team. With this, as you're one of the, I believe, like, I think he's in the top ten or whatever richest people yeah. on the planet, to actually start turning some of these laws and loopholes and other things around so that some of these things could actually become a reality. Don't just get up there and talk about it. Yeah. Show me that you actually support that. Yeah. Like, you can be that change you claim you want to see. Right. And we're all trying to do it, I think, in our daily lives and I do think it kind of trickles down to it's almost like the the less you have to work with the more society is almost demanding of you Mm -hmm. like um down to you know everyone yelling at the homeless population to make all these the the term pull yourself up by your bootstraps is actually a tongue-in-cheek term because you can't yeah it's an impossible task that is actually the original <laughs> meaning of that term and yet somehow it got turned into why aren't you doing and and literally that's what people are asking why aren't you doing this impossible task yeah and yeah and it's yeah i i think i'm getting what you're saying which is very very interesting to think about while so many people are giving like homeless people like like criticizing them and saying, well, why don't they just figure it out, get out of their situation, and there's so many opportunities. But what about the people with all the money? And yeah, they can be the ones who can make the change because it's it's easier for the people who have a ton of money to help out than it is for somebody who has nothing to try to figure out where to go. Well, and that's just and and from those who have already kind of fallen through the cracks, who are or to those who are just kind of you know, teetering on a very topsy-turvy edge, um, which I think a lot of us are in various levels of that, too. And, mm-hmm. and I see more and more, uh, again, like I said, that when we kind of go back to that capital of, like, 
where's the balance every mm -hmm. time? It's just how far can we push it and how many millions of more people fall through the cracks? And the more, I mean, it costs a lot to be poor. Costs more in overdraft free fees and interest rates and mm -hmm. you know loans just to kind of cover your basics um, and it's so crazy. much gets asked of so crazy. and it's not even just here in this society we do it on a global scale <laughs> we're constantly telling even as a somewhat you know and when I say somewhat I only mean because we do have a lot of people struggling in this country too we tell the rest of the world get it together. Yeah. Even though it, the countries that have the most resources are very exploitive of the countries with, uh, realistically, the most resources, but not necessarily the clout or capital or military or whatever it is to um, protect those resources. And yet we, it, just, it does seem to be this thing where we're constantly pointing whoever's below us and telling them that they're the ones that need to get their shit together. <laughs> like, it's just so silly. It's so silly. And s Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't, I mean... I mean, like, <laughs> you don't think they didn't think of that? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, that's not a daily... Like, wow, that's a... Wow, I, they never thought of that. Really crazy. Oh, thanks. Wow. For, thanks for pointing thanks, that out. You're right. You. I just need to get my shit together, and then everything is going to be gonna be great and rosy and yeah. um everyone has a different story too and it's like everyone's story is uniquely different and heartbreaking too and, and it's not as easy as just saying like get a job get your life together figure it out if if you can i can it's that's not r realistic you know well and we always keep sliding the or changing where the bar is right mm -hmm. so before it was well you're working in the arts and you know making under 30 grand a year or whatever um get a real job get your shit together uh now it's like oh you're making 75 grand but you have a lot of medical bills and whatever you know you're taking out whatever you can you, now your house might be foreclosed on or whatever yeah. it is get your shit together and I was like, I was like, what is it? You get in, what's what's the bar now? You got to make 150 yeah. grand. You got to make. Uh, how, where's the bar? Yeah, what is? The, and yeah. everyone below it needs to get their shit together instead yeah. of saying, well, maybe <laughs> the medical and pharmaceutical industry is exploitive. Maybe the housing market is exploitive. Maybe right. instead of telling everybody else that you need to make exponentially more money to keep up with all these Which industries, is so unrealistic. Yeah, it is really, really is like inflation and everything and then I'm like right now like groceries and gas is really high but I don't make more <laughs> you know so it's like get your shit together yeah. you just need to make more money that's oh yeah okay <laughs> like yeah uh, eggs are what was it for a moment there it was like just like the regular standard ones not even like the organic fruit it was like five dollars or something I was like well I don't know how do I adjust my budget for a five dollar carton of eggs right <laughs> um and yeah it's again it's constantly instead of pointing out the bigger problems we're constantly just pointing the fingers at everybody yeah. else to blame and it's usually every it's always easier to to point down than up yeah because it doesn't feel so insurmountable you can always kick somebody who's lower than you it's harder mm -hmm. to kick somebody that's higher so 
because they tend to kick back harder because they have bigger <laughs> legal teams it and is. Let's pick on the security guys forces and yeah, yeah exactly so um <laughs> yeah it's uh and i think i don't know the the bigger thing is and i don't know i i, I don't know where I guess kind of going back to the arts, one of the things that I always sort of look at throughout history is every time there was a new regime that bubbled up or fascism or, you know, um, one of the first groups of people to be imprisoned or kicked out always were included were artists and philosophers and authors. And because when you're, whatever it is, when you're working in these endeavors it tends to put you outside of the common narrative outside of the box mm-hmm. and so then you start then you suddenly look back and you're looking at what everybody's doing and you're going yeah. guys this is really messed up yeah <laughs> like do we even true. recognize <laughs> what we're doing here like right? this is not this isn't going anywhere good yeah and so they tend to be those sort of um early alarmists and this idea of like you know not offering validity or delegitimizing um artists and the arts I'm like well you know governments and higher-ups and I've always known what's up otherwise they wouldn't always in those changes always target these groups of people not saying they're targeted alone but they're always kind of included in that because they know they're going to be those early alarmists that are Mm -hmm. starting to tell everyone like um this isn't this isn't good guys this isn't going anywhere we want it to go and so you get rid of the voices, you get rid of the opposition. And uh, to me, if that's not a testament to validity, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. you know, what is. It's like the people that seem to be the controlling the world, you know, the world around us are uh, have always been really afraid of these groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're afraid of grassroots mo- movements. Even grassroots movements started by the disenfranchised, the refugees, the homeless... The, the the lowest on the the ladder of society, one little thing, an uh, an Amazon factory becomes unionized, and er, the higher ups freak out. Yeah, and you're like, well, these are the people with no power. Yeah, and yet somehow they the tiniest little bits being like, you know what? I want just a little bit of say. I want bathroom breaks. Yeah. I want yeah, somehow. Breaks this flips them out so when you look when we think like these are always these constructs that nobody can change i was like they're very changeable because the tiniest little upset in them seem which means they're very fragile yeah and if and during the pandemic i think it showed how a lot of these systems are extremely fragile and if something is that fragile there's a lot of opportunity for change Mm -hmm. and i think the only way we ever really change the systems around us is we have to it's just really taking legitimacy away from it i'm told that bezos makes 30 billion more in a short time period or whatever and i'm like what if we just said no he didn't we don't we don't recognize that the systems other people have put in place that that he's worth 30 billion more we we don't that we're no nope yeah no, I don't. I don't. As a, as larger societies, we do. I don't. Th- I think we forget we have 
the power collectively, but again, collectively to delegitimize a lot of those systems and say, no, we, we're not recognizing the system that's only yeah. working for a few and not the many anymore. Nope. Mm-hmm. Come either you join us and come up help come up with different systems that benefit more of us or get out yeah. like or I mean sometimes they turn more into I'm not for the guillotine or whatever you know but it's like there's a reason that revolutions reach those points where they right. just go like nah you're not a team player anymore and you're just hurting too many people around us around you so yeah exactly you're done yeah <laughs> you don't have to be done but like you're d- you're done. You don't gonna get to figure this out. Like you yeah. can't take that much of, yeah. Yeah, you don't get to t- dismantle a bridge. Uh, where was that? Was that Amsterdam or whatever? Where is the? I can't remember where Bezos had his uh, five hundred, oh, mil- yeah. you know, his half billion dollar yacht or whatever that they actually dismantled a <sighs> historical bridge just to get it out of port. I'm like, no, that's no, that like <laughs> who like there's got to be somebody like that that there's no amount of money they can be able to do that. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. I mean, I... And it's it's funny because when we talk about the arts, we talk about... Um, we talk about... Uh, and we're talking about money, too. Like, how much the arts over the decades have been co-opted into a lot of those same systems. Yeah. Uh, I, I just saw... <laughs> Getting cozy. Yeah, I just saw a, uh, I just saw a, uh, it was a video clip and it was it was kind of poignant to me. It was, I want to say it was the early seventies and uh, Sotheby's was were having one of their big art auctions and there's big protests that was happening outside of it, basically saying that you're, you're you know, saw organizations like Sotheby's are taking the arts and completely co-opting it like they're, they're you know, artists that were paid almost nothing for work, now they're selling to millionaires or whatever for just insane amounts of money, and this is all wrong. And uh, Rauschenberg, uh, one of the famous, Robert Rauschenberg, one of the famous pop artists, he was there in protest, and um, he came up to uh, one of the owners of Sotheby's, and he shoves him, and he said, basically, like, you know, screw you, buddy, like, that painting of mine that you sold for 85 grand I sold that for $900 like who I'm not seeing a cent of that like what right do you have wow, to take my yeah. work and sell it for 85,000 but in a weird twist what happens immediately after that is is the the guy turns around and says yeah but your next painting now you can sell for $85,000 and Rauschenberg stops and he smiles realizing yeah, he's right. I can sell my next painting for eighty-five grand, oh, and they, wow. the two guys, hug. And it was like, and it almost felt like you know where there's those moments in history where you're like, this might have been the moment where like everything changed. Not yeah. that there wasn't a build-up to it before that. Yeah. But that like, because we're not all going to be a Rauschenberg, so yeah. we're not going to all just sell our work for eighty-five grand and right. up at Sotheby's or Christie's or whatever and. But where the art world ended up getting, you know, really co-opted in a modern-day sense into this, what is any of this... So we're all, you know, like most of us as artists are just struggling on the day-to-day, yeah, uh, the month-to-month, where then there's other, this other... It's, it seems like there's almost these, like, two levels. Yeah. <laughs> we have... 
what's this up and down and struggle? And then you have this, like, whoever said that was worth 1.2 million? Or yeah. who put that price tag on it? Yeah. At a certain point, why? Yeah. How? How? Who? What? What? And then when you look at that, you're like, well, what is anything worth? Like, what? Who's right. creating? And that's what I mean by that delegitimizing. Be like, no. Yeah. Collectively, we're not buying it anymore. Like, yeah. you can say it's worth that, but you and and maybe your group of friends over here, but the rest of us are saying bullshit. Yeah. You you don't get to just decide all the prices of this. You don't get to just. Yeah. Um, we get to have, the, like, the unionizing at Amazon, we get to have some say and some yeah. control over, like, the, these systems that, this, that we are all a part of and, and help mm-hmm. create, so, and keep going. Uh, yeah, the, whatever, whatever these arbitrary values and, <laughs> you know, stock buybacks and, uh, it's just... Yeah, some of it is just absolutely bananas to me, and and these this millionaire and billionaire class that's investing in certain you know aspects of the art world and being like, because yeah. for them it's just going to appreciate over time. It's not that some of them might genuinely appreciate the art. I have yeah. run into wealthy art co- collectors that mm-hmm. have walked me through and said and had a big story behind every single piece, and I was like, that's cool because you yeah. actually really love this work. Yeah. And then I've met some that are like, all they're doing is they're walking through and giving dollar values. Oh, like, yeah. Well, this is worth and this is worth. And yeah. I was like, okay, so this is just like buying expensive sports cars or yeah. new real estate properties or mm-hmm. a sports team, depending mm-hmm. on how much money you have. Um, it's a, <laughs> it's a it weird... Is. It's, it's, a, it's a rich... It's also just like... And I, I love art and I think people should buy it, but... The whole system is like, it is, it's just a bunch of rich people that want to spend a bunch of money, kind of, too. But, again, I have so many friends who are amazing artists, and it should be, it sh- it should be all fair, you know, like, somehow, where everyone gets a fair yeah. game at it. Well, and where we just don't drop below a certain level, where it's like, a th- most artists I know, myself included, would just be pretty happy with a, you know having the basic needs met maybe you know and that that the money to support the work we do right the the rent we pay or the That's mortgage it. or That's whatever it. and like you know just, just want to live just want to live i just want to live just want to have <laughs> be, not have everything be a struggle not everything and you know what i mentioned earlier kind of taking on so many projects when you're going there is this thing of like I gotta say yes to everything because mm. who knows when it's gonna dry up. You know, right. it's like um, it'd be really nice to not have to live life that way right. and take jobs you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I always, I, I always know that if I get to the point where I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm booked. Like that's a good thing, which mm-hmm. I have it a point in my life, but definitely now is not that point. <laughs> well, and again, we're all in the scramble trying to recover mm-hmm. from the last couple of years too yeah. of being like it has been a dry spell for a very 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 long time and now 
we gotta we all gotta make up for lost time and lost money and prices are going up everywhere it's and so crazy like, oh. it's a crazy time right now it really is it, it really blows my mind looking at how much money i'm making and and honestly I, I, a lot of my contracts this year have gotten cut because mm-hmm. of inflation and uh different businesses and people who even just family portraits that they do it every year well this year is the year that they're going to cut that mm-hmm. because that's the first thing to get cut when oh, you're yeah. doing, you know, refinancing and re like looking at all your finances. It's just like, well, how badly do we need photography? Mm-hmm. Not, not badly. Mm-hmm. We can use photos from last year. Like we can use, you know, yeah. it, it's just like, it's hard. Yeah, it is. It's difficult. Um, and at the same time, it's like, yeah, I feel everyone I know for the most part that's worked as I shouldn't say everyone, um, but a number of people that I know, there's there's always that up and down and struggle where you leave it for a while because, you know, you need to make money or there's mm-hmm. family stuff or whatever it is, but then are always kind of drawn back into it, sometimes in a matter of months, sometimes in a matter of years. Um, and it's just kind of reminding myself again of, the reason I do this is because I do still need in a world that seems really irrational Mm -hmm. for some reason the absurdity of art feels sometimes like the most rational voice out there it really does (laughs) though it really I feel the same like amongst the chaos it almost art is like a warm comforting blanket and like everybody involved in it too it's just like oh this is family this is like the people that I can vibe with and it makes you feel it almost brings like a sense of community mm-hmm. and like feels like we can be chaos. We can understand that society is not like the end all be all, like the way everything is that there's other ways to think about things. And I don't know. I, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, it's like working in the service industry and you have a busy day and like there's been a few messed up orders on the line and da-da, and everyone's running around. And it's like that reminder of being like, and you know, just even on a micro level, the absurd world is like, guess what, guys? We work in a restaurant. Yeah. Nobody died on the operating table. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's I, we can, hangry people may feel yeah. like they they <laughs> act that way, or like crabby people. Like, it, it blows my mind working in the service industry how much um, pressure some people put on you when they come to a restaurant. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like they act like their food and eating right there right now is like the most important thing in the world and they're usually the worst tippers it doesn't matter (laughs) that's this is a true but yeah i had a a server friend tell me uh like when it gets to that point he was reminding a a co-worker just like uh i promise you they ate today like this is not their first and only yeah, meal. Like not dying. <laughs> if they were, they'd be at the grocery store or something else. That's a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's true. Um, or if they were, you know, that hungry, and they saw the line at the door, they would probably choose to go somewhere else and right. not wait for that. Uh, it's, it's um. Yeah. There's. You know, from the the micro to the macro, where you're just kind of like, this world is incredibly bizarre us as a species are just it's only because i think fascinating, yeah. we're so f- far out of whack we're not removed we try to like i said remove ourselves from the natural world but we are 
definitely out of whack mm-hmm. with everything that, like we I said, get so sucked into our everyday and our own worlds that if we don't actually open our eyes and be like, what is actually happening? You know, like a restaurant. Like I, I love restaurants; they're fun. But the way I like to look at it is like. A restaurant, going to a restaurant is like going to an art show. Mm-hmm. You're there for the experience. You're there for the food. You're there to eat art, basically, what someone else created mm-hmm. in a food form. Um, it's not a place you go to feed yourself every day. It's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like in, in just, of course, this is just me, but like you go home and you cook your own food. That's like nourishment. But when you go out, that's like going to see mm-hmm. a form of art or see how someone else creates food for you. Um, so putting pressure on somebody to be like coming to an art show and being like, could you finish that painting faster? Could you, you know, could you finish this faster? It's yeah, like, you go to a, ga- that's a good way to put it. You go mm-hmm. to a gallery show and be like, I don't like this art here. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That's like, okay, you don't have to like this could art here. Could you remove the blue? Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing too, like, how they modify their foods. Like, well, I think this sandwich that you designed on this menu is great, but it'd be better if you added or took this away. And also, again, I mean, unless allergies, obviously, that's a serious yeah. thing. But, like, it's like, oh, I don't really like that blue. Could we paint over that, <laughs> you know, or something like that? It's like, no, you just you eat, you eat what the chef makes you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, that, of course, that's not. Well, and it's also, yeah, it's, and uh, art and audience is a th- an interactive thing. There's, I mean, I've certainly run into that with artists where they're just like, well, I got all this criticism for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well how do you feel about that did it is it you know are you reacting to it because it's a defensive thing or you know is there some legitimacy to some of that criticism or every once in a while it's like it's okay to tell someone like i get it if it's not your thing yeah like you don't have to love everything it's it's art is very subjective it is very subjective and then at the same time i've also uh worked with artists too where you know they're presenting two opposing things it's okay to say like hey the yeah. thing that you want to the what i'm hearing from you of what you want to achieve and how you're going about getting there might be working against you yeah it's all right to say like i know you're trying to say this but maybe the message that people are getting is this yeah maybe there's things you can do to not necessarily abandon your voice and your vision or whatever but it's okay to to take in other you know, other opinions. You might, the chef might hear that it's just, just cut the salt in half. Maybe you do need to cut the salt in half. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you should. I think that everybody should take criticism. I think everybody should be able to speak with their mind without being shamed, even if it's not popular opinion. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's more harmful to hide what you feel. And if someone, you don't have to agree. Like just. Like, cool, yeah, maybe I do need to change some things, or maybe I don't. That person's opinion doesn't matter to me. doesn't matter, you know? It's like... But that's that two opposing, you know, it's it's both, it's both an either or, like, the, maybe the chef needs to hear to cut down the salt. At the Mm -hmm. same time, maybe the, the guest coming in needs to understand that, uh, it's a busy Friday night, and they're not gonna, you know what I mean? Like... They're not going to necessarily get the same service as walking in on a Tuesday afternoon. Like right. it's, yeah, and maybe the the patron 
needs to understand that the artist just wanted to paint blue. Like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> That's what they were feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's yeah. Uh, people are like I said, we're complicated. We're yeah. complicated creatures. We um, really are. And I, I like I said, there is as much insanity as there is in the art world. I always, like I said, find grounding in what to me. I can get very. I can get a little too doomsday sometimes too. And <laughs> you can get a little dark. Uh, yeah, I get a little dark where someone's like having a Twitter battle or something, and I'm like, California's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh it's like, no, that's how I feel. Yeah. I know. I'm like, but is this really relevant? Like, is this actually going to affect anything? Like, get over it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the Johnny Depp trial where I go. That, I don't want people to suffer, and maybe this is a bigger discussion for mental, you know, addiction and, you know, mental health and domestic abuse, like, but the other side being, like, yeah, a lot of just mentioned California, but now they're talking about the massive drought. I'm like, I don't know if it's right on fire right now, but it's about to be again. Like, maybe, you know, sometimes there are bigger issues that I just feel like we're not, we're not addressing. Right. Uh, a friend of mine many years ago was complaining about living in this country and, and saying, well, all these crybabies, with all the all the resources we have, all these crybabies that are on, like, antipsychotics and antidepressants. And, yeah. And I said, you know, if it was a handful of people, you could maybe make that argument, like, hey, life isn't perfect, get over it. Yeah. But we're the largest consumers worldwide, almost collectively, yeah. in this country of, you know, these kinds of... Med- so maybe that's speaking to a, a bigger problem at large right where it's like why are we so unhappy yeah and sometimes i feel like we're at at large unhappy because we feel powerless we feel disconnected we often feel that we even fall prey to these distractions when we're not looking at some of the we're not we're not actually tackling some of the the bigger things that kind of undermine i think all of our lives it's um yeah, I mean, mm. he was living in New York at the time, and I was like, I don't know, look at New York. You wonder why so many people in New York are stressed out? <laughs> like, you live there. What do you mean you're wondering why so many people in New York are depressed or stressed out or feeling hopeless and powerless? Like, yeah, it's it's they're paying through the roof for and just trying to get by yeah. and <laughs> live and oh my gosh it's crazy yeah so it was that moment of like I don't know maybe maybe look around you like yeah. he, he was making I believe at that point over a hundred grand a year and I'm like you're living above a Dunkin Donuts right now <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that should be telling that mm-hmm. there's there's some bigger problems going on even in your own community that yeah. might lead people to you know, you yeah. finally achieved over a hundred grand a year, and your you all of your clothes smell like fried dough. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a uh, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I I've gone away with these bigger, broader topics. Yeah, I that's keep great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to talk about. Oh, we got a drinker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're back from our little break. Um, so, Carly, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, 
again, I, I kind of got into these bigger, you know, topics. But topics, I like it. But I really love the way the direction it went. It, it's good to talk about this stuff, too. It is, yeah. And I think I always have a tendency to, you know, whatever's sort of weighing on my mind kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I just... Again, thanks for, for having me. And yeah. um, like I said, maybe next time I come back and I bring the, the rest of the crew yeah. for Nano Taco. Yeah, or um, I can even come. I can. This is portable. I can come to you guys and okay. check out the studio. We could do like a yeah, whole thing. Yeah, that, that would be would, great. I think that would be super so. fun. We should try to coordinate that um, after, you know, Yeah. after this chaos of everything yeah. <laughs> i have an art show tonight so my brain's like preoccupied i know so, and so then after the art show i'm going to start like planning um more like things so uh, let's put you in the books so that would be great yeah so again and your favorite food oh um, yeah the food oh nally i'm sorry now come on um <laughs> hey sweetie <laughs> uh i guess your podcasters at this point are pretty pretty familiar with your pup Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, walk carefully over the cord. <laughs> Don't try. Her little, her little jingle of... Oh, uh, yeah, she's always here. She'll be here tonight for the art show. Oh. She is a good girl. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, like I said, I, and I'm running off from this to go do a, a video and then hopefully get a couple 14-foot banners done by Thursday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, life's it's fun. Never stops, right? <laughs> never stops. But, um, again, thanks for having me, and this, yeah. was, this was a fun discussion. So I apologize. Oh, I yeah, the, the food. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't the have food. time to get it for you, but I liked your um, garlic naan. Oh, yeah. So I just, I, I love food in general. Like, there's there's a lot. So when it's, like, three favorite foods, I'm like, God, I don't even know. Those are just things that I like to snack on. So, yeah. like, there's never a time you're going to put a poke bowl in front of me and I'm not going to oh, be yum. into it. Like, I love poke bowls. Garlic naan and dolmas just tend to be dolmas. sort of, like, mm. good. Like, I, these, these were just three things I thought of that I'm like, you know, I'm never going to say no. Not yeah. necessarily all together, but, like. Yeah. Well, why not but, all together, right? Oh, well, that would be I mean, the best. I could. I wouldn't even be opposed to that. Like, those, <laughs> I'm never going to say no to those. Those are three things I'll never say no to. But, yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of food out there. I mean, a lot of different Indian and yeah. cooking and a lot of Latin American cooking and Yum. Caribbean and, oh, man, it's just kind of all over. I like good food. Good. <laughs> I like that. So. I know people always ask me what kind of music you like, and I always say good music. So yeah. it's kind of like the same thing. I like good food. Yeah. Exactly. There's not there's not a genre out there that I don't like, but within that genre, there's there can be a, a scale. Yeah, <laughs> so. totally. Thanks for listening to Excelsior. Thanks for having me. This again is Carly Beesman on the Excelsior podcast. Boom. Cool. Awesome. Thank you.